0: You're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a powerful conversation on what it takes to become enough and stay enough as we strive toward our potential. I'm your host, enoughness coach and women's leadership mentor, Megan Hale. Join me every Monday and Thursday as I talk to some of the top voices on what it takes to live true, live brave, and become our biggest champion along the way. It's time to revolutionize the way you live, love, work and dream. This is the Enoughness Revolution. I have been looking forward to sharing this conversation for weeks now, and I am so excited to finally debut it. I'm speaking to none other than Elena Lipson today. I cannot wait to introduce you to her. But before I do, I do want to point everyone to the Fierce Women Masterclass because our lovely co-creator, Joe Gifford, is going to be guiding us all through some extra exercises in our accompanying Facebook group this week. So if you are new to the Enoughness Revolution and you're like, what in the world is the Fierce Winant Masterclass? It is a beautiful co-creation between me and seven other coaches to help you step up into your leadership and create soulful, sustainable success. And you can learn more at masterclass.com. Go check it out. We would love to welcome you into our sisterhood. So Elena Libson. Oh, I just love this woman so much. She's a divine brand and self-care mentor who guides conscious entrepreneurs to create their dream business and life by taking care of their most important asset, themselves. Through divine self-care rituals, tapping into their soul signature brand style, and creating an authentic communication strategy, Elena's passion is to inspire entrepreneurs to embody their authentic vision so they can create consistent income, bliss, and inspiration in life, business, and the bedroom. And we're gonna touch on all of those topics in our conversation today. Her signature program, the Divine Self-Care Circle, is now reopened for enrollment too, so you surely don't want to miss out on that. You can find out more at DivineselfcareCircle.com. There is a link in the show notes as well as how to connect with Elena further. I cannot wait to share our conversation with you. So here without further ado is Elena. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everyone. I have been waiting very patiently to have our next guest come and join me. I have Elena Lipson here with me. Elena, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I've been patiently waiting, too. I've been listening to your other, <laughs> other podcasts, and I just love your voice. I love what you're working on. It's so aligned with what I believe mm. in, so I'm excited to be here. Oh, I think we're going to
0: have a phenomenal conversation. So for everyone who's just now meeting Elena, she is the divine self-care mentor. And you know that we talk about self-care as part of the Fierce Women Leadership Model and I'm so excited to have your expertise to really talk about, first of all, how you came to know that self-care was so important in your life.
1: Yeah, you know, I think just like anything else, we sort of learn the opposite first, and then we come to a point where it's just not working anymore. And that was pretty much what happened to me. I've always been very driven, very ambitious. I love to create. It's, it's in my personality, like so many of us who are given the gift of being alive at this time with all the resources, the opportunity, the ability to really, I mean, I'm so grateful for the ability to choose to do anything we can do as long as we choose it and put our minds to it and go forth and create. So I really, I knew a lot about myself early on. I wanted to do something that involved people. I love the business world. I love knowing why people do things. So I was sort of putting all that together and I um, graduated high school early, so I was a bit of a like a go getter. Yes, definitely not a type A personality. Like I don't have to work all the time, but I definitely had that rhythm, mm-hmm. and I can easily step into it if I don't mind my own energy right so I finished high school I went to college I got a degree in organizational psychology I worked and went to college at the same time I had to pay my way through so I was pretty much working full-time and going to school full-time my east coast life so it was it was definitely a faster pace than I live right now for many reasons (laughs) Um, I literally went you know I finished college and moved across the country to California from New York I was done with the cold winters, wanted Mm -hmm. some sunshine, my sister had moved there. So I went straight to work. I had sort of an in-between job where I was managing a beauty salon. I was like 21 and managing an international beauty salon. And then I knew while I was looking for like my real job in the corporate world, which I found pretty quickly. And I started making my way up as a corporate um, trainer, which is that's what I was, you know, my degree was in organizational psychology. So I knew I would land in the business world in some capacity. I just didn't quite know how it was going to be. Um, I'm pretty good at starting a job and then working my way up quickly because I'm the one who shows up early, like is so enthusiastic. <laughs> you pretty much see me coming down the hallway, and I will figure anything out. I have no fear of new things, and so I was, you know, that kind of personality does rise pretty quickly in the corporate world. So I I became a corporate trainer, which I loved because I got to be in front of the classroom. I got to develop curriculum. I got to travel. Um, So I love doing that, but I also worked a lot. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, somewhere along the way, um, probably about five or six years into my, you know, kind of 10 years in corporate world, I was really, really lucky in that my new company that I had just started working for in creating their training department hired an executive coach for our Mm -hmm. team. And they came in over the weekend and they trained us. It was two women who own this beautiful coaching company called Trilogy Coaching, and they're still around in California. And I was looking at them like, oh my gosh, I love what they're doing. They're doing sort of what I do, you know, the coaching and training and communications and all of that but they're doing it on their own terms. They're coming in for a day training. I'm pretty sure they're getting paid really well. (laughs) And they have this book and they, you know, they were doing this really cool thing. So I pulled um, one of the owners over afterwards and I'm like, tell me more. What is this? Like, what are you doing? How do you do it on your own? I never thought about starting your own thing, like I just always imagined I'd be working for someone else, um, even though I was very entrepreneurial minded. Yeah. Um, And so we had this conversation and I ended up hiring her personally for myself because I had this vision of myself doing what she was doing, like really starting my own thing. So I now I'm still working at corporate, but I hired her and within a few months, I, was, um, I chose Coach you training for executive yes. and personal coaching. And so here I am doing all that it takes to get a coaching certification, doing the hours, doing the studying and the testing and the group calls. Um, and hiring her to coach me and still doing my job. So that's really where I went into full speed, even more than normal. Mm-hmm. It started happening to me, and I can see it so clearly looking back now, is every few months I would literally get either laryngitis or the flu or something so big that I had to stop. Like yeah. I literally had to, I couldn't do anything. I remember trying to still hold a training with laryngitis, and it was just comical because I really wanted to do my job, but I just couldn't it's trying to push through and that pushing through feeling is what I hear from so many women right now. Yeah. Um, so after several years of doing that, <laughs> I um, somehow through all of that, I met my husband and we started dating and we, you know, did the, all the marriage things and all that. We bought a place in Laguna, Laguna, Niguel, California and living a really great, busy, busy life and getting sick every few months. And mm. finally, and I worked when I got pregnant Um, I was working for this great company who was so, like, kind to me. (laughs) They let me work from home when I needed to, and I didn't travel at the end because, you know, I couldn't do it, right? You know how that feels. You just, Mm -hmm. your body just, you can't do certain things. At least I, my pregnancy was very, I totally am feeling that right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just couldn't. I mean, I had to have my feet up. I had to sleep in when I needed to sleep in. So I was so blessed with a boss who was just so kind to me, but I really worked up right up until the last minute. Um, when my son was born, we decided to move to the Pacific Northwest for just a bit of a slower pace. And I love it here. It's, it's really beautiful. I didn't love it at first because again, I didn't want to be in the cold, but it's really beautiful here. The pace is phenomenal for raising a baby. And um, but I still kept working. <laughs> when yeah. he was so when he was six months old, I decided to start an online um, store because I'd get to write, i get to help other people, sort of um you know, I was still sort of coaching people on the side a little bit. You know, there's only so much you can do when you're not getting enough sleep with a baby. So I was trying to kind of fitting things in. Um, but what was starting to happen was not only was I compounding what was happening in my body, because now I wasn't getting enough sleep, because that's just the life of a mom, you know, who stays home mm-hmm. with a baby. Um, and I was running this business trying to figure out all the things that that entailed. And when he was around one and a half, my body finally just said enough. And I had these really, really random but very painful um, sort of digestive issues and like Mm. bent over, I couldn't get up, like I had to take a deep breath to get up, kind of pains, Um, I wasn't sleeping, it was just my body was collapsing and I was like in my, I guess I was in my early 30s and my body was just feeling like it was shutting down. So I went on this two year, almost two year journey to try to figure out what was going on. So a couple of things happened is when I was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr, which is an autoimmune disease, which so many women have, yeah. especially women who work really, really hard. <laughs> it's, it's like this thing, like everyone's like, oh yeah, I got one too. Oh yeah, I have one too. Um, and I really think it's this sort of um, a sign of the times that we're just not learning to listen to our body's signals. So yeah. I was forced to. And after a lot of conversation, I decided to sell my business, sell my inventory. It was an online store selling baby organic baby products. And I literally sold everything. I took a six month yoga teacher training, which put me into the just the best environment of taking yoga, doing the inner work and really starting to ask myself why I was running at the pace I was running and what was I trying to run from and run to and just the work, the work, right? Writing in your journal, bawling on the floor. Yes. (laughs) moment of On the floor, bawling when you're like, why am I so just ah who am i now and you're asking yourself all those questions and i think those moments were so important to the work that i do now because oh, yeah. i knew that i was going to go back to work because to me work is self expression it's creativity it's giving its service it's what i love to do. I've always loved to do. I've always been that friend that everyone comes to for advice or listening or, you know, just what we're drawn to be coaches for a reason. If I wasn't a coach, I'd be a therapist or a counselor Mm -hmm. or something. It's just in my personality. But when we give so much of ourselves in that way without giving back to ourselves, we do end up in a place where we are drained. And I remember even as a teenager feeling like, oh, why doesn't anyone ask me what I need? every Every so often I'd hit that point because I wasn't. I I had no one to teach me like, hey, take a break, (laughs) go for a walk. You know, I'd go to the gym and I'd work out and I'd do that. But it was never about just taking a pause and taking a breath and learning how to listen to the rhythms of my body. But when you become a mom or even when you, as you sort of get into the business world and running a household and partnerships and things like that, you are going to have a point where. If you're not meeting your own needs physically, emotionally, spiritually, you are going to have that moment. And I I know it clearly because I see it. I work with women in many different ways now. And they usually come to me when they're tired of being tired (laughs) and they're ready to just do it differently and put themselves first and realize that you have to fill up your own well before you give to others. And when you give to others, you have to consciously keep filling up your own well on a consistent basis. So that's really what led me to when I was asking myself, what is my work about now? What am I gonna do? I knew that it was sort of edgy because I still sort of wanted to validate the business part of myself. Mm-hmm. But the more I got into my work, the deeper I got, the more I let go of the business coaching, the strategy. I'm like, there's great people who out there who do that. I really want to be the voice of sleep and rest and wellness and pause and <laughs> silence and um, really activating that dormant power that we have in our body and our spirit once we take a moment to just listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I believe in that deeply now and that's what fuels my work in so many ways so I love being the divine self-care mentor and I love that people think of me when they think of self-care so it's sort of it's been a really fun explore exploration in how much rest and play and pleasure can I put into my life and still experience the financial success and the business success and show that it's possible to do both
0: I love that (gasps) I love that because I think for a lot of women we don't we don't realize that we can expand our container to hold both Mm -hmm. in order for us to build the success we have to be on that fast track and that go 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 I mean that's my story for sure and I'm curious to know for you like when I started to lean into this more softer more nurturing slower pace a little bit I had a lot of resistance to it and I was actually really scared of embracing this
1: new pace was it similar for you Absolutely. And to be perfectly transparent, I still deal with that. I still think I need to do more and put more on my schedule. And um, the more I lean into just recognizing and reflecting, when were those times that things just seemed to fall into place? When were those times that opportunities arrived? And you know, it's in those moments where I was present enough to have the conversation to Really get clear on what my yeses are, what my no's are, and to do what I do every day now as a container of self care. That's when things just seem to flow, and I don't have to push so hard, and I don't have to like feel like I'm just climbing up the mountain all the time. And it's really it's so counterculture. To trust me and trust. And I remember even having this VIP day with this really amazing coach several years ago and we were in this conversation and you know she was trying to get me to do the whole strategy and all of that and I was and it was great and I love strategy. It's a really big part of what I do. Obviously, to run a business, you need to have some strategy, right? Yes. But I told her, I'm like, you know, it's really funny but whenever I, I go on a retreat or take time to play or do something that I really just makes my body feel so good, I feel like I come back to my email or I come back to something and there's always this new, opportunity it's almost like I opened this portal by by being in this place of just you know pure presence and pleasure and she's like yeah 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 okay okay let's get back to work like she just brushed it off and she didn't even identify it and then a few months later I see her talking about it in her newsletter she's like you know I just hit this point of burnout and I realized that I should be spending more time and play and pleasure and I'm like yes you know I hope (laughs) that I somehow in a small way, part of planting that seed for her, because I think it's totally natural and normal to just, you know, really when you're, especially when you're figuring it out, especially when you're a new entrepreneur building and trying to figure out the pieces is so much to do. It It can be so overwhelming, but I, I really believe you don't have to sacrifice yourself in order to succeed. And in fact, you know, what's the point of having the money and the success if you're feeling run down and exhausted and i I just i feel like we just need to shift it a little bit we need to give ourselves permission to um to receive to pause to meditate to do all those things yeah and i know it's hard because we want to just make the money Mm -hmm. but like it's when you're in that place of pulling and pushing so hard that neediness is what pushes it away right it's it's the other piece so but I, i relate i am totally compassionate to the to the journey because I've been on it (laughs) several times.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that's like the, the beauty of the work that we both get to do is that it's, it's really a practice. I mean, I get caught up in the old ways just as much as the next person. That's, that's like my go-to mode. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) When I start
0: to stress and worry, I go into, well, we have to hurry up and get things done so then we can get the stuff off our plate and then we can relax versus the new way is the more I relax the more energy I have, the more space for creativity and inspiration I have, that these things don't have to be forced. They come to me with more ease if I would just lean into it. And you're right. It's like so counterculture because this is totally more trust over here, whereas the old way is more control. If you want it done right, you better do it yourself and you better do it now. So you see that kind of like black and white. But for me, it's it's not about – always being on one side is the practice of coming back to it
1: and really honoring yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and there's times in my day where I am in full creation mode, like going, going, going. But for me, I balance it out. You know, Mm -hmm. I know, I think the key, the key is it's not like, um, you know, it's one or the other. Like you said, it's not black and white. It's looking at your calendar. And this is one of the first things I do when someone steps into my my year-long, you know, membership program. One of the first things we do is create the dream calendar. And mm. I have you look at your, your day, your week, your month, your quarter, your year, and then put the self-care on the calendar. That's really the simplest, I mean, super, super simple thing that you can do is schedule out that Thursday morning where you just do nothing. I mean my hike is on my calendar. I walk every morning, I do Zumba a couple times a week, but it's on my calendar. It's not something that happens if I have time and space for it. I put it right. on there. And I know it's like, "Oh, right, that's simple." Yeah, but you're not doing it. So is it really that simple, you know? So yes. let's do it. Let's actually put it on there and then take time to reflect. How do I show up at my computer at the webinar, at the podcast, when I've had time to really take care of my body? What are the simple things? That's that's what I've noticed people really wanna know from me is, okay, I get it, self-care, I get it. I totally get the value of it and I see that when I do self-care, I feel better, but what do I do every single day? So I've really started becoming conscious of teaching the very little things. In fact, I'm hosting a a webinar this afternoon just for the fun of it. I'm not selling anything. But because I just got back from a retreat where I was teaching um, my magic morning practice, and the women, you know, it was so much conversation around it because I feel like if you plant those seeds every morning – Um, And you ignite your inner light and you spend time getting to know yourself like, yes, we know all these things. But what I'm helping you do is actually do them. Yes. Put them into practice. And I'm giving you the exact breakdown of this is how much time. Here's a song to play. Here's the journal, like really simple, simple, simple. And then what I've seen with the women who, and this is the, you know, the third circle that I'm running, um, this is the third year we're in. And it's been really phenomenal that those little things that you start doing every day make the most difference. So yeah. for me, it's like, yes, it's a, it feels like a big overwhelming thing to even start thinking about self-care sometimes when you've got so much on your plate and when money's an issue and when you're trying to meet your own goals. And I just say, you know, Take a pause, I promise, I promise you with all my heart that if you start your day thinking of yourself and moving your body and igniting that inner light, the way you show up to those things that you're wanting to do, your energy is going to be totally different. You're going to resonate differently. I'm very spiritual. Obviously, I've got, you know, major spiritual practice in my life right now. Yeah. Um, but my biggest concern is how am I showing up to each conversation? Am I scattered and panicky and, you know, not knowing what to say because I'm so like in my head? I want to invite you to spend time in your body every morning. To, to, I mean, I dance every morning in my bedroom. You know, <laughs> That's part of my morning practice that I teach because there's so much wisdom in my body and in your body. And we try to answer our questions in our mind. And we live, literally, we live from the neck up. Mm-hmm. and try to think our way into solutions and creativity. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, I'm lucky. I think what I chose to study in, in at university was really actually divinely timed because I did learn how our brain works and how we function and where you know, productivity is best and how to reduce um, you know, people leaving your company. So all those things that I learned apply so well now because you can't work somebody from nine to nine and have them function well. You have to give them breaks. Mm-hmm. You have to create an environment where their creativity Can flourish, and all of those things apply to the work I'm doing now, which is how do we function well? Well, we function when we're rested, we function when we give our brain time off to do nothing, to have silence. Mm -hmm. Create, to write, write with both hands. Get, you know, how do you get creativity to start start flowing? So that's what I embed into all of the self care strategies that I teach now because they work, and it's the simple things. It's not the one year, you know, one week retreat you take per year that gives you the creativity. It's the daily things. Yeah. So for me, it's it's a lifestyle. Yes, it's, it's a mindset more than anything else. It's learning to have a conversation with your body. To know when it says to lay down, you better lay down. Don't push yes. through. You know, <laughs> learn to spend time alone. Learn to listen to your intuition. To me, that is where the um, the resonance really comes from. To have all of a sudden, you know, synchronicities and opportunities. And I, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in the life of women that I work with. So to yeah. me, it feels like the root of all things is to really honor your body and your spirit and your soul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's where, you know, it's it's it gets fun and feels easeful. It doesn't yes. mean the work becomes easy because it's still, you know, it's still challenging, but it becomes it becomes more fun. Yes. And when you're having fun, everything you create is going to have that energy in it too.
0: Yes. I totally agree. I think the daily practice is so key.
1: Mm -hmm. because it's
0: like it's what nourishes us it's like feeding yourself It's not like you're going on a fast for like days on end and then expect to like your body to maintain just by feeding it all at once but by feeding it a little bit at a time every single day has made a huge impact for me and the other thing that I've noticed is like just internally from like a a self-love perspective that taking care of myself has really kind of fed my self-esteem a little bit of my self-worth of knowing that I'm worthy of spending this time on. And it's not to say that before I didn't necessarily believe those things since I wasn't spending that, that time on myself, but it has made me question how I was leaving myself last before and now putting myself first now and how that's just really changed the way that I view myself standing in that enoughness yeah of like you're worthy spending this
1: time on yeah it almost makes me feel like um it's almost like maybe before you thought you had to earn it you know you yes. have to earn it when I make money when I close that client deal yes. when I put up that website or whatever and then I can rest
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of the other way around where you really understand that that's what fuels what you are doing in general. So yeah, that's a beautiful connection. And I do. I always have that conversation, like which comes first, the self love or the self care. Mm-hmm. I do think they both feed each other. And I actually had an interview recently where um, it was um, with this woman named Sarah Love, and we were because t- her thing is all self love, and my thing is all self care. But like, well, which one comes first? It was this funny conversation, and she said something really quite brilliant, which was self-care is evidence of self-love and you could say it the other way around too and both Mm. are true I feel like they really are and they're both super connected and to me and I've heard other people say like oh it's really about self-love and not the self-care and I I do feel like they go hand in hand yeah when you are enough when you feel like you don't have to earn it you're going to do things for yourself and then when you do things for yourself it it fuels it's like this beautiful circle yeah both are necessary and I love you know I really love what you're doing the enoughness because that's so much of what I feel has to be there in order for you to take that step and say, you know what, I'm done for the day. It's enough. I'm going to go outside and just sit. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to do something for myself because it's enough. I'm enough and worth it, worth it. And so yes. I love, I love that. I think it's so um, important now, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've seen this, that there's this video going around of women in their like seventies and eighties talking about just being, yes. and how they thought they had to do so much in order to prove themselves. And now they look back and they just, you know, if they send a message to women of our generation and say, I wish I just spent more time being yes. and listening and Um, dancing and cuddling my baby and you know not feeling like I had to have everything perfect before I did anything for myself yeah it was really beautiful to hear that because it's one of the questions I ask the women in my group is look forward look forward 20 30 40 let's let's go to your 80th birthday you know and look back and what advice would you give yourself and it's never about I wish I just built another website or I wish I just you know it's never like that it's always I wish I just um acknowledged how enough my body was at the time. Oh how my, is that not yeah. so
0: true? Is that oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking in the mirror now and my body is 34 weeks pregnant and I'm like mm-hmm. I don't even remember what my body looks like not <laughs> But it's like I you know, I, I've seen this meme of like gosh, I wish I was a skinny that as I was back then when I first thought I was fat. Mm-hmm. It's like we never acknowledge just how enough we we really are. Mm-hmm. But something that came up for me when you were mentioning that, that commercial, um, there's another commercial that comes to mind, and it was in a different language. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it's a father, and he's visiting his daughter who is married, and she's you know going around cleaning the kitchen, talking on the phone, multitasking, doing all these things while her husband's sitting on the couch watching TV, and the, the father is watching all this. And he writes this letter to his daughter in the commercial of saying, you know, I'm so sorry that you were taught that this is how it was supposed to be, that you were the one that was always going to be doing for others and never doing for yourself. And the commercial ends with him going home and helping his wife with laundry. And the wife's like,
1: oh, my gosh, what's
0: (laughs) happened to you? What's transformed? But I think what's happened, you know, generationally is that we're right in that space where the women we are now – We're changing the landscape for the next generation of showing them that you don't have to do, 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 do to be enough. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of enoughness to be found in simply who you are. And that's quite different.
1: (laughs) So different. You know, that just makes me want to cry for so many reasons because that sounds like what I saw my mother do. You know, she was constantly the giver and I remember people describing her that way she's so um generous and kind and giving and yes all of it and it's not to take away from it at all but I'd love to change the languaging around mothers having to sacrifice themselves and their lives and their dreams for their yeah. kids Because what is the point of that mm-hmm. and I totally understand we're coming from a very different generation I mean we moved to America when I was six and five or six and you know so I was raised with a very different set of input than my mom was in Russia, you know, years ago. And she had to basically, you know, be a worker, be in the family. And there was no, there was no downtime or self-care conversations. I Get it, totally get it. But we also have an opportunity to really change that conversation. And and you know, it makes me just so grateful for my husband. And like last night, I was um, I had just come back from teaching at a retreat, and I was my body was just ready to to have downtime. And I just sort of was still playing catch up. And we have visitors coming this week, so I was kind of in between. And I just looked at him. I'm like, oh, I just really need a nothing moment. And he looked at me <laughs> like, go sit on the couch. And I sat on the couch with a good book in the living room. My son was doing his homework and playing piano and my husband was literally in the kitchen, cleaning the kitchen, making dinner, served me my smoothie, served me my dinner on the couch, you know, and I was just like, I can cry right now thinking about it because, you know, we've really worked to have this relationship that is very balanced because I have zero problem making all of dinner, cleaning the house, doing the laundry, zero, but neither does he. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the new paradigm, you know, mm. he goes to work, he makes money, I work, I make money, you know, we both have our, we have to, we definitely have our moments where I'm like, oh, I have to travel, who's going to watch a kid, and you know, we have our little tension and moments because we've chosen a certain way of being, we don't have lots of babysitters and things like that, and our son's getting older, and we both want to be with him, but we also have work that's important, and we definitely have the daily challenges, and you know, the things that come up, but I'm so, so grateful that we have the conversation. In fact, we're creating a course for couples all about self-care. That Mom, is that's so, wonderful. Like I can see the the topics that we've had to work through and the things that we've had to do in order to find this place where he can wholeheartedly from a place of giving and generosity, stand in the kitchen and make me dinner while I lay on the couch and literally do nothing. And 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 vice versa. We've, we've had the other way around too where he comes home tired. and I'm like, you just lay down and I will take care of it. Or sometimes we're cooking together. And I feel like if we can allow ourselves to play both roles and not feel like we're, we're fighting, um, you know, what, what does it mean if I'm standing and cooking dinner? Like, does that mean I'm not, you know, empowered? (laughs) Like, no, no, like really decide for yourself what that means. And because I do take so much time for myself to nourish myself and to feed myself and, um, empower my own voice, you know, I can say in the moment, you know what, I just need a break. Can you take over?
0: And I think that's like the biggest part is being able to voice what you need, yeah, and even um, and I don't know if you've had this experience. Sometimes when you when you're starting to work with a woman who hasn't asked herself what she needs in so long, mm. there's almost like this disconnect of like I don't even know what I need. Right. So building that connection of of what you physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually need, and then I mean that's the first piece, and then mm. being able to ask for it is the second.
1: And the third, I would say, is, is giving yourself permission to receive it. Receive because, it. Yes. You know, that's the other thing is, we just don't know how to receive that because I could have easily said, "Oh no, no, honey, you've been working all day. You've been up since five a.m. Let me, let me help you," or just not even giving myself permission to receive what he was offering me. And I, I physically felt that moment where he's like, "Go lay on the couch. I'll take care of it." And I, there was that split second where I'm like, "Oh, ah." Uh, just and it happens really quickly now because before it used to be more of an internal dialogue, and I'm like, "Wow, wow, thank you, I received that," and I just went and I did it. But I had to sort of even in that second of processing it, I still had to physically give myself permission to receive it. Because can, I'm we, like, oh, can wait, we break no.
0: that process down? Because I think that's really important. Because I think so many times um, when we're when we're offered something, yeah. as women, we're like, "No, I'm fine." Mm-hmm. We we deflect it. We push it away even when it's something that we really truly need. So like in your own process, how have you become more aware of like that go-to and switching it to
1: be yes. (laughs) That Thank you. You know, honestly, I, I, that's a great, such a great question. If I were to break it down, I would say that over time and over my daily practices of affirmations and worthiness and enoughness really enoughness like I am worthy of receiving Mm -hmm. my presence is enough I'm you know all the things that make me who I am that make me confident because I'm a good listener and I'm a good friend and I'm generous and I keep my word and I keep promises to myself all the things all the work that I've done to show up in a way that makes me feel like I'm in alignment with myself
0: yeah
1: the receiving piece is really part of that because and i teach this to women too because one of the first places to practice receiving that kind of thing is in the daily compliments right and i'm i know every time i say this people are like oh god yes i never receive a compliment i don't even know how to receive a compliment yeah, how do we even you know, do that? they deflect it or they um, they resist it or even if it's yeah. like i love that dress so many women don't say thank you they say oh, I just got it at that consignment store. Oh, this thing, whatever. Like they just, or oh no, oh God, or, you know, I'm so fat now. Or they just say something that's so deflecting of the person. So you're not only dishonoring the compliment, you're pushing away the the giver, but you're also not receiving it and you're teaching yourself to deflect and so in those small ways if you can break it down moment by moment just notice the next time somebody says to you ooh you're you know i love your eyes they're so beautiful if you can just there is that moment where you're going to have to in that moment take a deep breath <sighs> you know, and just I, I teach women to say and it's it sounds really funny. And if you go to one of my retreats, people are saying it all the time and it's hilarious. I fully receive that, thank you. I fully receive <laughs> that thank you.
0: You know. But I love that though, because I think yeah. sometimes we just don't have the words. We haven't been modeled what to say if how to actually receive a compliment. Yes. And sometimes just having the right words gives you an an entry to yeah. start doing something differently. So I think that's
1: brilliant. And that's sort of like advanced level, right? Because I always say it and I love saying it and I love seeing people's reactions. But even just at the most simple level, if you just say thank you and just shut up, like that yes. enough, be, if you just do that, if you just say thank you and just say nothing else, that will be the your first step into practicing receiving because it won't be long until someone says, you know, some something nice about you. Um, and especially if you're a nice person you know they'll say it they'll say nice earrings or I like oh your hair looks nice today If you just say thank you yes and even if your brain is going a million miles a minute you know oh I need a haircut oh I need to color it or whatever you know just say thank you and let the other person receive your gratitude Mm -hmm. right it's like back and forth back and forth they're giving to you you give to them they receive you give it's a beautiful cycle and and it opens your heart and you can actually feel that pulse of gratitude in your heart. Gratitude is the tool of shamans. It really, really is. If you read the book um, Awakening Your Spirit by uh, Sandra Ingerman, who is a shamanic teacher, that is one of the three tools of shamans, gratitude. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just saying it like a thing to do or the Hallmark card, like oh, yeah. it's a real spiritual tool of Absolutely. opening up to all kinds of beauty things, beautiful things in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you are practicing receiving money in your business or new clients or opportunities, and we talk about gratitude opening the doors, it really, really does. If you are trying to create a life that you are grateful for living, you're not going to do that in the future you do that right now yes. you start now I mean I'm all into metaphysics and you know the spiritual. it really is you have to figure out a way to find gratitude now in the pain in the joy in the struggle in the resistance and exactly where you are right now so that you can be open to the opportunities yes. tomorrow right yes
0: that's exactly the word I was going to use is it creates more openness to mm-hmm. receive even more but also, to I feel like experience the things that you have now more fully. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've noticed. I'd really, really love to get your opinion on the benefits of self-care from a sensuality and sexuality, yeah. <laughs> because I feel like this is something that I just, I want to awaken on the podcast. We haven't really talked about it as much yet, and you're the perfect person to dive into this with. So from your experience, what's the connection? between self-care and really opening yourself up centrally and sexually to yourself
1: and to your. Oh my gosh, we need a whole other hour. (laughs) So it's definitely no accident that in my tagline, it says you are your number one asset in life, business and the bedroom. And what I believe to be true and through my reading, through my work, through my retreats and workshops, and I have an entire month, actually April is the sexuality month in my year-long program. Mm. And the women just sort of like, you know, some women are like, oh my God, and some women are like, "Ooh, let's bring it on, you know, <laughs> yes. but to me, it's a very, very deep connection. And again, it's sort of a beautiful segue because the giving and receiving piece is such a huge part of it. But the other piece of that is that, again, we are spiritual beings in a physical body for a reason. We have these energy centers that are scientifically proven. We can measure our um, the we can measure the energy that we give off and receive. We can measure all kinds of things now. This is like this is not you know hocus pocus anymore like we know this works meditation actually changes your brain, affirmations, realign the way your um, synapses connect in your brain. All of this happens. So the same thing happens in our sacral chakra in our energy center in our sexual energy center. It's like we have this dragon sleeping, this massive amount of power that is laying dormant, especially as women leaders, as women with a voice. And it's interesting. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because where I really started to learn this was actually when I was pregnant and just before I had my son I was reading these books about just how to release and releasing the fear and there's a massive connection between your voice, your throat chakra and your sacral chakra. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a loop of energy, right? So when even I mean just let's get you know like even when you're when you cough, you can sort of feel that you're affecting that part yeah. of your body, right? So when you are constricted and tight in your voice, you're also constricted and tight in your sacral chakra and your, mm. your whole like energy there. So when women give birth in, in the tribal days, you know, they would like open your voice and scream, like a primal scream, whereas now we're like we're just so constrained and tight, even with people around, you don't want to be you don't wanna be messy, you don't wanna <laughs> be like loud, you don't wanna scream, you know, and, and I would say totally opposite, like when you are able to tap into that energy of allowing, to, allowing yourself to be open. I'm saying just like physically open your legs. How does that feel when you just like sit and open your legs? We're just constantly closed and crossing our legs. And so on the, on the spiritual level, there's energy there that's just waiting to be awakened. As women leaders, we can really harness that and take it into the way we show up in the world. When you look at a woman who is connected to her own sexuality, what you're seeing is, you're seeing a glow, you're seeing a power, you're seeing this resonance that's coming through because she's magnetic, because she's experiencing. Now the cool thing is that same sacral chakra that is with your in your sexual zone is also your creativity, right? Mm-hmm. So it's where you birth things, you birth ideas, you birth people. So people get mistakenly um, this idea that you create with your brain <laughs> and you really don't. Your brain is there to categorize, to um, strategize, to put things in an order and make sense of it, but you don't think of things in your in your brain. It just it's not how it works. You think of things in your body, and one of the most profound areas. Is your sacral chakra is your whole pelvic bowl and men too? They have the same energy centers as women do. So that is so like for example, like right now, I can actually feel that my body is turned on in that area because I'm thinking, I'm creating, we're talking, I'm turned on by the conversation. It's it's juicy, you know. And people mistaken mistakenly think that that's a sexual turn on. It's actually a creative turn on. So mm. that's why like dancing, walking, jumping, you know, when you need creative juices flowing. Don't sit at your desk with a pen and paper. You know, get up, move your body, do some yoga, stimulate that part of your body that is going to flow with new ideas. Take a shower, water. You know, things that make you feel sensual in your body. So that's just the first layer. Like there's a lot of I would imagine.
0: <laughs> no, I'm so glad that you have like a whole month dedicated to this in yeah. your program because I would imagine that there's so much to learn and awaken to, especially when it's been dormant for a while. And I love that the doorway for you is that self care of really tapping in and tuning in and turning on. Mm-hmm. And that's like
1: the daily practice of that is you're you're feeding that dragon. You're absolutely. Yourself. I mean, every everything from you know really getting into your body with baths. Um, lotion and body brushing. I have all these, you know, rituals that I teach again, because I can say these conceptually and they sound really good and exciting, but you don't know where to start. So just the little things that I teach every day are the very basic things. Like when you're putting on lotion... Take a moment you know, to feel yes. your body. When was the last time you touched the back of your legs? When was the last time you even remember that you have a back? You know, like touch your body. So those are the ways to simply get connected with that part of yourself and learn what feels good to you. And when that translates into a conversation in your bedroom, that's a whole other conversation about giving and receiving. I mean, I have a mantra sometimes because I'm so in my head sometimes during intimate moments. And as entrepreneurs, this is a common, common story. You're in an intimate moment, but you're in tomorrow. You're thinking about your to-do list and you're wondering why you haven't had an orgasm for two right. years. <laughs> so it's like, just like when you're meditating, you have to be present. Just like when you're in a conversation, if you're thinking about something else, you're going to miss what people are saying if yeah. you're going through your phone when you're when if you're looking at facebook while you're in a phone conversation you're going to miss what they said um, so the same exact thing happens in intimate moments if you're open to receiving what's happening to you and you're staying present and you are open to receiving pleasure you're going to have that opportunity to experience pleasure at new levels and, you know, have that orgasm or whatever you want, or just have that giving back and forth. Yes. So it's, it's a really juicy topic that I've been exploring so much, especially with the connection. Um, in fact, I just interviewed Christina Morassi recently, who's got this beautiful new program called the Pleasure CEO, oh.
0: super
1: edgy, super juicy, all about this connection between Success and creativity and prosperity and receiving pleasure. So I would highly recommend checking out her work. Mm, yes, um, but that's really you know she was my special guest expert for that month because it's such a good topic for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We really so much live in our head, so much of the time.
0: Totally. totally, Elena. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. your wisdom with me today. I want to leave everybody with a quote because. You know, she posted this on her social media like months ago, but it has stuck with me. And I think you actually credited your husband. <laughs> but the quote was, the well-nourished woman will change the world. Yes. And I think that's such a powerful statement to wrap up with today, because especially with everything that you teach, everything you subscribe to, everything that you really stand for. It's all about being well-nourished and taking care of yourself and, and is that, that empowerment piece. Mm-hmm that we will change the world if we're really taking care of ourselves so thank you so much for being an amazing guest i've thoroughly enjoyed having you thank
1: you so it's a great conversation thank you so much and I, I love your work and i can't wait to share this with with everyone i know <laughs> Yay.
0: all right everyone we will see you again soon thank you Thank you so much for joining us on the Enoughness Revolution. If today's episode rocked your world or added value to your life, I'd love for you to let us know by leaving a quick review on iTunes. The Enoughness Revolution is a global conversation for owning who we are as women and owning who we are as leaders. If you're ready to break free from the destructive stories of not enough and step boldly into your own leadership, visit me at megan-hale.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, and courses all designed to empower you to lead. Until next time, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you're capable of achieving everything you desire. Claim your enoughness, sister, and unleash the fierce feminine leader within.